This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Welcome to The Shift. Stez here. Katie's not with me. She had to run away. She has a show tonight. Back in the city, back in Manhattan. Uh, the beginning of September. Last full month in New York before I head back to Ireland for a long time. Uh, but Katie's coming with me for some of it. So, don't despair. Anyway, we have a great episode coming up. First of all, thank you so much for all the great feedback uh, to last week's app. Probably our most listened to app ever. Everybody was dying to see how Kate would react to porn. I might put up the unedited version this week, actually. Be curious to know everyone's feedback on that, because I edited out quite a lot of us uh, watching porn together, because I was just worried it would be a little awkward. Anyway, worry about that at the end of the ep. For now, let me intro today's ep. It's a wonderful episode. Katie actually only texted me this morning to say that uh, comedian she knows, Catherine Henson, is willing to be on the podcast, and she works in a sex dungeon. I didn't really know what that was, but you're about to find out. She's a manager of a sex dungeon, uh, but she also has a sideline foot fetish business where she uh, she's a foot fetish model, sends pictures of her feet to guys that are into that. Um, and then to finish off the episode, what I think is probably the most interesting part is that when she was a teenager, her mother sent her to like one of these teenage discipline camps which as you'll find out turns out to be like a mormon run thing even though she's not a mormon it was quite traumatic and it's it's very interesting um and i think it's worth sticking around for it's uh it's about an hour and 20 minute app so the last sort of 20 25 minutes is about that so stick around for that so listen it's all about the fetishes so get ready People are getting peed on. Other things are happening. People are cross-dressing. And uh, we're about to learn a little bit about the world of sex dungeons, foot fetishes, and discipline camps with Katherine Henson. 
Stay tuned, I'll talk to you after the ep. We might as well just begin then. Even though I haven't even sound tested your mic. I know. Uh, check. Wow. You have <laughs> su- you've such great projection. Do I? Is it good? I can be even louder. That's Catherine Henson, by the way. Listeners. Catherine, who just came back from Edinburgh. So some of you, if he's went to the Fringe, might have seen her. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, we, we would definitely have a more of a, a Fringe-going audience than your average New York oh, podcast. Nice. I like that. I like the way Katie says my name. Catherine. Catherine. And, and, and most I- Irish people. Catherine. Why? How do you say it? Catherine. Catherine. Yeah, and I was thinking about this. Catherine. T H. Catherine. T H is meant to be th. Now it's no problem that you pronounce it as a t because that's like the Irish accent. But just for the record, officially T H is a th. No, because you say H is different. You're like H. Say H, but I said H for you, you because did, I thanks. knew. <laughs> Sometimes when people t- will be saying, I'll be like, "Oh, spell it for me," and then they'll if there's like a or or a Z or a H, I get all confused, and then I've. Miss the rest of the smell. An R, a Z, or an H. Right. Just if you needed H. translation there. But R. you're just back from Edinburgh. I, yeah, so I feel like I, I hear, I know. And I was around some Irish people, that, who, very Irish, where you, it just, it's like listening to a cartoon for me. Katie's not? Well, she is, but when you have a group and they're all Irish. and, oh, and, and they, they go like, full belt. Speaking Irish, yeah, and they go just, faster, yeah. Yeah, and, and like using slang. Like I learned the slang Jobsworth, which I think is so funny. What? Jobsworth. It's like somebody who takes their job way too seriously. Oh, I've never heard slang. of that. That might be Scottish. I thought that was so funny. Oh, that might just be like a Gen, Gen I Z. It. I love Gen it. Z slang. You it's know? a newbie it's, slang. Yeah. Oh, so I'm missing the, out on the newbie slang. The Irish say Catherine. The English say Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, yeah, that's yeah. London. Like the yeah. southern, southern English. And Catherine. So, lots of fun. Got, so got Catherine, Catherine Henson. Thank you. Very late notice on the podcast. Yeah, so I text Catherine this morning. I was like, hey, any chance you can do the podcast today? And she goes, I can't. I'm in the sex dungeon. <laughs> Stanley at the dungeon. You but were then, at the dungeon. Yes, I was at work. So you said, I can't. Well, because I couldn't do it in the afternoon. Oh, right. Yeah. Which was just as well. The, this timing is ideal. Yeah, the, the sun will be setting soon. So uh, Katie texted me and said, well, the two interesting things about your life, but numero uno, we've already mentioned, you work in a, in a sex... Well, I, by the way, the two things I know that are interesting yeah. about your life. Oh, yeah. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that they're the only two interesting it's, things. Well, it all just sort of... You did the survey. Yeah. Where these, these were the two things that checked off on our... But you, so you work in a sex dungeon. Right. So yes. So what does that mean? Well, I'm the manager. So just to be clear, like I'm, I facilitate the experience. I don't provide it, if that makes sense. Like I'm, oh, yeah, not, I, I'm not I, a dominatrix. Oh, right. I, 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 for some reason, just assumed that you were involved in the, yeah, the yeah. management of it. And, oh, and over uh, being a dom? I, I, but honestly, I, I didn't even know yeah, beyond no. the fact that it existed what happened there. Right. Well, so there's no sex. Yeah, I, like, so there's no sex, no blowjobs, no hand jobs. It's like not, you know, it's like not a whorehouse. It's for fetishes, essentially. Yes. Yeah. So it's like a fetish shop. No, fetish experience. Fetish experience. Venue. Yeah. Correct. There we go. Yeah. Nice. But it's not like you just walk in like a like a party. It's not like oh, well, I'll just go there. It's like you have to make an appointment. You, uh, you know, every person has like a, a name and a code, and they select either whether they're going to meet all the women or if they want to see someone in particular. And you know, they come in and you sort of move from there. So there is a selecting process. Yes, you can do so on the website or there. You can just meet all the girls who are available. And you say, like, what you're into, and the women can turn it down. Like, you know, if, like, one guy was like, I want long, wet farts, and this girl was like, I had food poisoning today, I'm not going to do that. All right. I yeah. would have thought that would be more of the optimum. I'm sure he would have thought, 
bingo. Oh yeah, no, he would. He would. He <laughs> like, was. How else are we gonna get these long wet farts? He was on board, but she was like, "I'm just not in the mood." I've right. been, you know, because I also might vomit, and I don't want to have to clean that up. And you know, it's a whole thing. You you just have to deal with that. Like that's like sort of, I guess, what would you call it in an office? Like having to deal with sort of that type of small situation like hey that's a micromanagement yeah, yeah. like was well, like she he wants farts she and she has to clean up when it's all over she's like i don't want to clean up my vomit in case i vomit from the food poisoning so i'm not going to do the session oh, okay. and i'm like fair enough so so uh what is it like a, a series of rooms or yeah there's um 10 rooms 10 rooms yeah we just built another one so i'm like yeah, but I mean, you know, you don't <clears throat> so have the, to. Mean. Well, there's like a cross-dressing room, a wrestling room, um, a smoking room, a leather room, two medical rooms, an office, a castle chamber. But what mostly, a, sorry, go ahead, Katie. Was, what is a medical room for medical fetishes? Oh, People like, that like want to play doctor, nurse type thing. I mean, I guess that that's sort of like the most mild of them. Okay. Yeah, they can get a little. Those medical sessions can get a little extreme. Like what? Give us an example of an extreme. Um, Okay, uh, yeah, I'll tell this story. Well, you, so, yeah, yeah, tell it. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep everything <clears throat> anonymous. Right, well, I mean... You don't want to bust anybody's enemy. I, I'll just... I'll leave out... Okay, I'll leave out one part. But So basically, I had... I quit drinking this year, but... Oh bef- my God, what the fuck is going on, It's fucking Katie? crazy, yeah. Everybody quits drinking. Did you drinking? quit drinking? No, no but just but everybody just... we have in the damn podcast is giving up drinking. I'm, yeah. By the way, I'm a non-drinker too, but... It's just weird how many people have come on the podcast and say, I gave up drinking recently. Well, hard, still hard drugs. Just hard drugs. Selfish <laughs> choice. So. Oh, so you oh, only just given up drinking. You yeah. haven't given up all mood-altering substances. No, I like to have fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Thank God. Yeah. You're kind of one of those goddamn sober fucking... Yeah, no, no, no. I'm one of them, by the way. Yeah. But no, I'm ha- we're, we, we don't want too many of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, to, I like to experience the world. Like, definitely, in, like, when I was in Edinburgh, I had a night of, like, MDMA, cocaine, ketamine, a nice little cocktail... Feeling well, pretty good. good. For you. Yeah. So enjoyed so, that night. But so um, you digress from the medical. Yeah. Fetish. So I had gotten very drunk and I had ordered a car and it took 40 minutes to get there. I discerned that all from text messages later. And in that time I fell and I ripped through leather pants, which you got to like, that's a pretty. Yeah. That's a big fall. That's a big fall. Like rip through leather. You've gotten through. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to work two days later and um, one of the girls who basically her specialty is medical, like men will fly across the country to see her like specifically. And she came in, saw this wound on my leg and was like, you know, baby, this is infected. It's healing over dirt and dog hair. You let me fix it for you. And I was like, all right. So she basically took lidocaine, which one of her uh, clients prescribes to her. Or like gives her it's something that is prescription. It numbs up an area. Yes. And she just ripped the skin off. <gasps> yeah, and then wrapped it. What a touch, though. I mean, I saw why they could fly across the country. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm a little turned on, but also freaked out. So then she wrapped in Saran wrap and went into a session. Uh, it's a corporal session, corporal medical. So she would beat the man with a cane, like until he just was bloody, and like on his ass until there were like gaping wounds, and then she sew him up. And she sews them up. She sews them up. Oh She's allowed. To, that's elite. That's legal. No comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, just curious. Well, I mean, there's certain. I mean, there's definitely like. I, I feel like lines are blurred. Yes. Um. But technically, likely no. But uh, neither is like you know. She, she then like will insert a two foot, uh, dildo inside of him after numbing his asshole to yeah. do that. And then um, for the, like the finale, what he likes is she takes the tip of his dick and puts in 12 needles and extracts blood. 
And then gives him his blood and then um, does it to his balls and takes out the testicular fluid and gives it to him. And apparently that is cold. Testicular fluid is cold. So did you just learn something about yourself? Well, I guess I didn't know testicular fluid was cold. It's cold. Very cold. So, 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 So some of this is quite intense. Well, yeah, like, so the medical stuff is pretty, and, like, corporal sessions are pretty crazy. Yeah. So that would be one of the more the, the more intense side. I mean, how do you feel after I told you that? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, well. it's way more than I was expecting <laughs> yeah. today. My face yeah. was just scream emoji yeah, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but then, uh, you know, like, there's a guy who comes in, he just likes to yank on teeth. He, what? Just, he, like, give him a tug. On his teeth. Uh, on teeth. So, so uh, sorry, he likes somebody to yank on his tooth. He likes to yank on their teeth. Oh, oh and they let him do that? Yeah. And so they'll mm-hmm. sit and what in the room does that go into the medical? That's room? usually medical. I mean, they they can choose their room, but a lot of the guys who want like anything to do with like teeth or like um, you know needles and stuff are going to take a medical. And room. are these guys allowed to jerk off, or is not allowed? They are allowed to jerk off. The women do not jerk them off. Right. That oh. is like yeah. That's a no no. That's a no no. If I if I hear of it or find it out, the the women are fired. All right. Because it's not it, it's not prostitution, but yes. it is like fulfilling a fetish, and that's why again the lines are sort of blurred there. Sure. You know? But the men are allowed to jerk off. Yeah, they can finish. Okay, so those. that's the medical room. What, yeah, what are there's the, two of those. So okay, so what 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 are the other rooms again? Um, then you have cross dressing. So that's just guys like to cross dress. Guys, guys, or um, like there's this. I I love this guy. Um, everybody loves this guy. He um, and I, I won't say because it, it might not even be his real name. But he comes in and what he does is he puts on his like army um camo. And I learned... You mean, you mean like he was in the army or just... Yeah, like so he was in the army. He like, he arrives before the place even opens, sets up the cross-dressing room to be this very elaborate candlelit situation, um, decorates. And why we all love him is like he'll just give the manager $200 tip just for nothing, essentially. And then the girl, he'll session for like five and a half, six hours and then tip her on top of that. And when I went in last time, I saw him in his outfit. And he he arrived with sunglasses and never took them off, so I never saw his eyes. But he had changed into the camo outfit, and I was like, "Oh, you know, great outfit, you know, that looks great." And he was like, "Oh, you know, this is this is actually a sand camo. Uh, you would use this in the Middle East when you were in the army in the Middle East. I've also got the the, the kind of original camo that you see the kids wear." And I'm like, "Wow, I just like learned about camouflage <laughs> in a cross dressing room in a BDSM dungeon." <laughs> but he has a, but it, so does he then cross dress in there or or he, or he has his own little thing and that's a convenient he room has a for him. Th- he he likes the cross dressing room because it's the most like a living room. Okay, like it's most like a domestic. Uh, feeling whereas like the other rooms are like very dungeon like they're yes. themed as like a dungeon or medical like the vintage office is like an office and then there's like a wrestling room and that's you know for, for wrestling nice <laughs> yeah. wow this is so interesting I'd- I know are all the the women is it only women sorry that work only women work there yeah right and it's yeah. mostly male clients yeah, pr- primarily. Um, occasionally couples um, and occasionally women. A lot of times the women who come in want to learn how to be subs for their personal uh, life. So they'll s- sub with a dom. Oh, and the, the dom will teach them? Yeah, well, they'll, they'll dom them so they can be better submissives. Subs. Yeah. Wow. Wait, the women are practicing being better subs? Yeah, for their personal life, it seems. Wow. Yeah. And then there's like women there who sub and switch and yeah. So they, they little like workshops... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like a session, but yeah, they'll, they'll like, you know. How much, how, much is a, how much is a room? Uh, it's done by half hour, hour. So a half hour is 190 and an hour is 260. 
And that's for the room, and then that's for the like, um, like the room for an hour with a girl. With a girl. Yeah. And then it's is there a a mandatory gratuity or the gratuity is optional? It's optional, but like a restaurant, just do it. You know, like <laughs> is, is it twenty percent? No, I mean it, it's it's something, and it, and I mean if you think about like what some of these people want who don't tip, like you know you get a reputation. Like there's a guy who likes you know to do browns and they're like but he doesn't tip so why the fuck am i going to not shit all day and then do it on you for no you, money you, you, did you make an assumption on what brown was uh i i, I figured poop hmm. but i thought maybe it was him pooping on them so there you go the girl has to hold i mean it, it depends you know wow so that's like, a that's a that's a i mean because we haven't talked that much about fetish so i was hoping right. to use you a bit yeah just because we don't... <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be no browns uh, in, in, in I this I pooped apartment. already. <laughs> yeah, I, damn, I did all I my know. pooping. <laughs> Usually this podcast ends with a pee, though. So if Ooh, that's your a thing... A golden? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. So, uh, so that would be common enough, people coming in for... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not... It's common enough. You know, it's not everybody's thing. Like, What's the numero uno thing? I don't think there... I mean, there's people who like to cross-dress... And we get a lot of Hasidic Jews who like to do that. Interesting. Yeah. Why and do the, the poor Hasidics always come up in all the conversations about sexual deviancy? Yeah. Because, I mean, Have well, you ever noticed that? Have you yeah. noticed that in your short time here? Yeah, yeah. I heard something. Oh, God. I hope this isn't bad for me to say, but that uh, in the religion, they figured out it's okay to have... Wait a second. You can't touch a woman, another woman, unless you are exchanging money. That's why it's okay to have sex with a prostitute. I, I don't know the background to it. That's I, what I heard, but I don't. I, that could be just bloody hearsay. But that's what I heard. That's why there's a lot of uh, uh, going at, being okay to. Because I, I, my landlord was a Hasidic Jew, and when I went to shake his hand, he nearly had a bloody heart attack. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't know, obviously. So that's just what I heard. I don't know how true it is. I don't know. But, I don't know how true that is. I just know, like, you know, it's. I feel like that community is very. Just the religion itself is very repressed. Yeah. So. And you said they come in and cross dress. Is that what you said? A lot of them wow. like to cross dress. Yeah. And they're already dressed so strangely anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 they'll do the most taboo. Like, you know, like the there was one guy who came in and he it, it was just so classic. He tried to haggle with me, you know. <laughs> and I was like, these are women, not apartments. So like we have a price. Like this is the price. You know, yes. you can't and he wanted he was very specific. He was like, I want a tall black mistress. And I'm like, because that is like the most taboo for you, okay. you know, in your community. And um he then tried to haggle with her, and the session ended, and she came out and was like, yeah, he's, like, not wanting to leave. He's trying to, and I was like, okay, so now I have to go in there and, like, get rid of him. And when I walked in, he was, like, standing there in red fishnets, high heels, full face of makeup, blonde wig, and, like, a slutty Dorothy outfit with his dick hanging on the bottom. And he was like, oh, you can't, you can't, you just me. And I was like, no, it's, I was like, it's over, dude. Like... <laughs> we'll see you next time come on I'll give you 500 come on yeah well no I'm like you don't have any more money and you're not giving me your credit card so we're done here like get dressed man that's great go back to your wife you know oh that's amazing yeah so cross-dressing is pretty popular cross-dressing is popular and and just like that room like because I guess it has like a comfortable feel and makes people feel like it's not but even in the cross-dressing room does it tend to be more of a sort of a dom submiss I mean, like that guy who comes in and wears the camo, he likes to do a switch. So some, he'll dom for the first, like, three hours, and then she'll dom for the next three. Right. Is she yeah. able to take bathroom breaks? Yeah. Uh, most of the rooms are equipped with. Very nice. Very nice. 
bathrooms. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Like the, the shower in the office area for the girls is like one of the best showers I've ever had. Yeah. The, the shower in the... So there's like, um, there's the dungeon area and then there's the office where I like work and do all my paperwork and, um, and like the closet where all the equipment, if you will, is kept. Yes. The props room. <laughs> the props room. There we go. And then there's the girls room where they can hang out, watch TV, sleep. There's never been a job that I've seen where people can just walk in and immediately go to sleep. If they feel like but they're not getting paid by the hour, are they? No, they're paid by session. Yeah. So they can sit there all day and not make any money. And then there's a really nice kitchen and a little smoking room and a whole like bathroom area. How did you end up working in a sex dungeon? Craigslist. Wow. Just looking for jobs. Yeah, I was just looking for a job. I'd been working in an antique store and I actually was hired at the job on my birthday the day that I saw you. Remember I saw you on my birthday um, and you did that rate? We oh, did that. Yeah. I came to your house. Yeah, so I was, oh, sorry. I was hired that day. And, I, and then on that same day, I went, because I was just like, whatever, I'll try. I live a life very, I'm very open to things. So mm-hmm. I also saw an ad to become a foot fetish model. So on that same day, I went on an interview to be a foot fetish model. So I was hired at this BDSM dungeon, went on this interview all on my birthday. And that, that was like, that was weird. That was a weird one. And but I was the, like, what, were they in the same section, those ads? It seems like it would be in the same. And, 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 you know what? All of them are just in like, jo- like part-time jobs. <laughs> yeah. And they like to, you know, dress up the language so it doesn't sound like, you know, so it was like, yeah, they called it foot fetish model. Were you scared? <clears throat> Why well, be scared going to an interview for that? I was a little scared. I actually, it was near the pair. So I went into the grizzly pair and I like had two shots before I went. Because I was like. Because they said to me on the phone, they're like, you're going to... I was scared for the BDSM one first because they, we send people to a corner. We so don't you, give them you the, did the interview with the BDSM one first? I had my second interview with that and it was hired. My first interview, it was just... I remember waking up so nervous. I had a copy of my resume. I was like, what do you even wear to this interview? So I was like, I'll wear my leather pants. You know? <laughs> and, like, and I go and I'm like on the phone with my friend. I'm like, look, if you don't hear from me in like 30 minutes, like I call the police or something. Like, I don't but know. But you, you'd Googled the establishment though, no? They didn't, te- they didn't tell you the name. Oh. Yeah. So, and, they, and it doesn't say the address anywhere, you know? Like, so they were like, come to this corner, call when you get there. So I get to the corner, I call, they tell me the address, I get in the elevator, and I'm like, I go in, and now that I've done this so many times, it's sort of fun for me, because I know what everyone's feeling, and I'm not an unkind person, but I do like the feeling of like, I can see that everybody, it, like when they're coming in for interviews, unless they've been a Dom before, you can sort of see the, the fear. The trepidation. <laughs> yeah, and I guess I get off on it a little bit because then I have to interview them and I'm kind of like laying down this list of like how this works very clinically when it's like very weird stuff. You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm like giving you like the rundown like it's normal, but it's not normal. And that's what I love about the place. Like, what was your experience, <clears throat> though, when you went for the interview? So I went in, and I sat down, and I had my resume, and I was like, would you like a copy of my resume? And they were like, no. <laughs> like, the, the only requirement for me w- to be a manager was like that I was um, over 30, or 30 or over, and that I didn't want to be a dom. Oh, and, right. And my bir- I was like, well, my birthday's in a few days. I'll be 30. And I had thought about being a dom, and I was like, I don't... I'm very... It's weird. I, I've let a lot of trash inside of me, but I'm very picky about what that trash is. So I realized I like didn't, I don't like touching certain people. Like I don't want to, like what they have to do with some of these old gross men, I don't think I could bring myself to do. So you just told them straight up, I don't want to be a dumb. I don't want to be a dumb. I was like, I, I, like, I want to be a manager. 
Um, I'm happy to be the crabby manager outside. Yeah, yeah. Like indifferent to your fetish. Yeah, well, and it's funny because I get I get propositioned a lot because I think part of the psychology in some ways for them is like that I don't do it. Yes. You know, and I'm not like unattractive. So they're like, you wouldn't consider doing it. You yeah, know? like and hitting on the bartender at the strip exactly. club. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And Which I've never done, by the way, Jen. I always feel like I always yeah. feel like that would be a thing. Right. I mean, people have offered to buy my shoes off my feet right there, you know, um, just like all sorts of things. And uh, there have been a couple times where, like, you they do tip-ins, and, like, I've had a girl come out and be like, look, if, if you come in for, a, like, a minute and a half, he just wants you to see me spank him. And you're allowed to do that? I, like... I, I know that some of the other managers before me had done it. Like some of them did like stuff and I won't do that. But I'm like, if I am in there for like literally under two minutes for $40, I'll do it. But like, I'm not going to sit in there for five minutes. I don't want to see that man's dick. I, I saw a dick today. I didn't want to see. I was like, you fucking, you know how this works. You know, I'm going to drop you off. She's going to meet you. And then I'm going to come back and get the money. But he like wanted me to see him naked. And I, and I don't really give him a lot. I'm just like, whatever, dude. And I, I, they like sort of like it. They like the fact that that happened. They like, yeah, the psych- yeah, the psychology of like I had to see that, but I'm also like, I d- I don't like look rattled, and I don't look like I give a fuck, and I think sometimes they like that I don't give a fuck, and then sometimes they like the idea that maybe I'm like shook by it, and I'm just kind of like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Seen it's it? Not, is it in your authority to be like, dude, you knew that wasn't cool, it's- you got to leave? No, I just kind of, I I just you no, know, because I mean they're there to be naked and do whatever yeah, yeah, the fuck yeah. they're gonna do. It's just like. You know, I think he liked the idea of, like, surprise, you know? And I'm like, I, I don't look surprised. I'm just like, oh, great, there's, like, your tiny yes. dick. And it's kind of fun because sometimes I'll say shit, you know? Like, yeah, and, like, I get to do that. Like, so, so there's a guy who, like, comes and sees a girl, and he won't session, but he'll bring her lunch or coffee. And the, the first time he did that, when I had to go get it from the door, I was like, next time, bring me a fucking coffee. And then I just closed the door and brought it to her. So now every time I'm there, I get a coffee. Oh, nice. that's great. It's fun. So that's your little bit of domination. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, like I'm kind of it. I, I'm kind of into it in my personal life a little bit. Not like at, like at parties or whatever, but like in like my personal sexual experience, like I kind of like the switch sort of life. You like going back and forth. Yeah. Mm. I like everybody having a little fun. But you are kind of like, a, you're a dominatrix of this dominatrix. Like you're the yeah, boss, I'm you know? The, I'm the you, madam. You tell them what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're the madam. But I'm also like, I'm, I... I like this job because to me it doesn't feel like a job and I'm good at it. You know, like um, I, I enjoy going there. I feel incidentally like a sense of purpose. I don't know why. This is not like, you know, something I had ever thought about or planned. I have fun there. And like, so as a result, they really like me and this other manager who sort of has the same attitude. Like we have fun with it. Cause it's mm. like, like if a guy calls and he's like, I want only pink toast. You know, I'll get on this intercom, so I have an intercom that I can talk to everybody, and I'm like, hello, ladies, everyone with pink toes, please come to the office, like, one call for pink toes, over and out, you know, and I just, like, (laughs) love doing it, and I can hear them laughing, and it's fun, and then they all come to the office, and I'm like, can you get your toes pink in the next 30 minutes, and they're like, fuck, fine, you know, and so everybody has a better attitude, you know, when you're sort of Because it's a bit of fun. And is it at 9 to 5? It's open, it opens at 10. And it closes at one thirty in the morning. Oh, but you do the daytime. So you I, yeah, I do the daytime so I can do comedy. Um, You're the daytime manager. Yeah. And is, whose responsibility is it then to roster the women? Or are they just allowed to show up? Because surely you can't be left with a shortfall and like a holiday so, weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, like, they basically, they have to work three shifts. Um, if they need to change their schedule, you know, they can do that. But basically, you're responsible for your three shifts. And, like, it's really been an interesting process to see how the boss has, like, cracked down on that. Because I've never worked a place <laughs> where, like, I'll call a woman. I'm like, she's two hours late for work. And I'm like, hey, are you coming to work today? And she's like, well, I got to get my nails done. So I'll be there, you know, around 2 o'clock. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. That's not what time you were supposed to start at 10, you know? Um, so he's like come up with a system to sort of punish them into showing up. Like being like, if you call out day of, you owe three shifts. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, Stuff like right. that. But we'll see. You got to do something. Yeah. yeah, but they're all, you know, a lot of them, especially the ones that like do this professionally, are very like, okay, try me, you know? Like they're like, you, you can't function without me. Yes. And, just and this, he's not paying. Yeah, there's no salary, so. Right, and I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? Like, you, you, I know, you know, and I got, I got to assume that it's living in some legal limbo, so I'm sure that yeah. uh, both parties would have a, a yeah. claim on... Uh, yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, he, like, recently found out I did stand-up comedy, and, um, you know, was upset with me. And really? Yeah, so... Can, can, yeah, can, he, he yeah. likes discretion. Right, and it's like I've never said wh- what it's called or where it is or whatever, but it's also like there have been people who have approached me who are like, I want to go, like, because I'm into feet. And I'm like, let me sh- give you my foot Instagram because I sell pictures of my feet on the internet, you know? Um, you don't send them to the, you don't, yeah, you don't give the address. No, no. I mean, it's like, look, you can Google it. I mean, th- yeah. there's a few in this city. It'll, it'll come up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he obviously likes you to give you a month off to go to Fringe, so... I mean, I hadn't worked there for a minute, and then he... I seem to have this... I have probably the most unique managerial situation there, and it's that, like, I worked there, he didn't like that I didn't have flexibility with my schedule, then he was like, okay, we don't need you anymore, and I was like, cool, and then a few months later, he's like, can you please come back? And they were like, that he's never brought a manager back before. And then it kind of happened again, like, I went out, then I'm back in, so I kind of, like, I'm weaving in and out, but he was very, like, do not talk about the place, and yet here we are. Oh, right. <laughs> so, well, but I mean, it's I like... I cannot put your name on the... No, no, it's, I mean, he doesn't know my name. Oh, 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 really? Is I have that... a different name there. I don't know what he saw. I think he saw a tape that I had on my website. So it's like he knows my name, but he doesn't know my name, if that makes sense. Okay. I have a different name there. Everybody does. So I don't think he's like looking. So you don't, you don't, yeah. So you don't, you're not involved in rostering the girls. They just pick their three shifts. Yeah. I mean, like I hire people. Oh, you do hire? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Is that what you mean by rostering? I no, I mean, scheduling. like, you're not involved oh, with the schedule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like I, like, I hire people. I mean, and that's, yeah. So, like, I hire the women, not managers, though. Not fellow managers. And then what about the, uh, I mean, there's got to be some element of risk. For the, uh, have you had any incidents where? No. I mean, and that's, uh, there was one thing I heard about, and like, I'm smiling just because this, co- when I was overhearing this conversation, I was like, this is one of those things where it's like, this is like water cooler talk for here. Yeah. But I guess some guy came in to do the fantasy wrestling, and he was getting a little rough, and then a girl went in to tip in, and she was like, yeah, and so I tip in, and then he wouldn't even let Sasha referee the whole time I was in there. She, he wouldn't let her referee. What the fuck is it? And I'm like, this is not a, co- <laughs> this is not a real conversation, you know? And then he ended up getting kicked out because he was just being like too rough. too rough so in the wrestling room in the wrestling do room. you have bouncers because like no. you go in and kick them out so there's no yeah. security no it's very dangerous because a, a yeah. big strong guy no matter what could 
really take you on. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's the interesting part about it, and I think about this world and just about like BDSM, like even in your personal life, it's like there's a very strong core of like trust to do this type of work. Like if a man comes in and he crosses a line, he knows he's not allowed there anymore. And yeah. now where is he going to get his fetish? You know, not yeah. everybody's Louis C.K. Not everybody gets to just do that, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to find an outlet for it, so. That's, I thought of Louis C.K. actually when you said, oh, yeah, they I masturbate. Thought, I was like, why didn't he just go there? He, well, I, really I, I was thinking about Louis C.K. as well when you yeah. said the guy just yeah. had his dick out when you There were. are guys, there's a guy who just like, so there's like, there's like typical, which is like old, fat, white, you know, nothing you want to be around. Then there's like Dungeon Hot, which is like, you know, I guess like Benicio Del Toro. Like, you know, he's kind of like sexy ugly. So like Dungeon Hot is like sexy ugly. And then there's like the hot dudes that come in where I'm like, whatever you want, like you can like call me. Like <laughs> I am down. And <laughs> it's always fun to see what they want because you're kind of like, okay, so this one guy came in, he was like a smoke show. And I was like, everybody was like, holy fuck. Who the, he was like a new client. So I take him in the room and whatever. And what he basically wanted, so he picked a girl and then he wanted to do a public. And everybody was like... He wanted to do a public? So a public is like where all the women go in and, you know, they want to to be seen by everybody. Does he want to be humiliated? They want different things. So what he wanted was to show everybody how hard he could get. Right? So... I, because they all went in, I didn't get to go. I, I was like on the outside and I could hear it because they were all like, oh yeah, okay, let's, let's show, you know. So they all go in there like, oh, are you going to show us how big your dick can your big heart, that little thing's going to get hard. And it, he couldn't that's get hard. He, no but, way. Yeah, that's the thing. He couldn't get hard because, you know, he was like trying. They were like, oh, you can't do it, you know. And I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so he couldn't even like get his fantasy fulfilled because, But was, know, maybe his fantasy was to not get hard. One, that's the thing. But I think he like, I guess he, that's what he wanted. He wanted to be like so masculine and like you know, show them what a big guy, whatever, you know? Like, that's what the one girl who had been sessioning with him said. So that's why it was sort of funny. Like, during the public, it just, like, <laughs> shuddered and got soft, you know? That's funny. Yeah. It, it's, it's look, isn't it great, though, that he's going and doing it there and not, like, in front of a restaurant? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, right. And that's, uh, I guess, like, that's the thing. I, you know, I haven't experienced anybody crossing a line because they... You know, a lot of them, like, if they're good at their job, develop relationships with these clients, you know? And so it's, like, they'll be loyal or they'll be, like, I'm going to see so-and-so. Like, you know, there's a guy who goes in. Everybody loves him. He is a teacher. But his issue is he has a micro penis, And he's a virgin and he's never had sex and he's never gotten hard because that's how small his dick is. So he comes there for, like, affection and attention. And they, yeah, make fun of his dick. Like, they told him to bring in a bag of baby carrots so they could see how many carrots were bigger than his dick. You know? And, <laughs> yeah. And, like, <laughs> it was his birthday. And one of the girls was coming around. She's like, do you want to sign the birthday card for him? And everybody had signed it. And some had, like, written happy birthday. And, like, one girl wrote, like... You know, the only thing more pathetic than our sessions is your pathetic dick. Happy birthday, you know? Like, I, he, he likes that? He loved it. I no. think this is quite a lovely story. No, <laughs> I mean, like, people, you know, it's, it's interesting because people judge it in all sorts of ways. But, like, there's a couple who went in and I guess they were really into the BDSM scene. But then the wife got MS. And they spoke with the mistress before the session. And she was like, you know, I just feel like I've lost my power as a woman and like as a person. And it, it hurts. It feels like bad. So what the mistress did was 
she tied up the husband and then tied up the wife and like she beat the husband in front of the wife but then she made the wife stand from the mirror tied up and like say positive affirmations about how strong she was you know and like whatever reason by the end of it she was just like thank you like i needed this like you helped us as like in our relationship and what you know and it's like so it's definitely good i mean there's definitely some real fucked up shit that goes on there you know like a lot of men are liars shock me and like you know and have very twisted histories. I mean, and I don't know, you know, take it out. Like they're like, I want the youngest looking women here. And you're like, this, yeah, you're like, this too is close to the bone. This is weird. You know, but, yeah, but, um, but you know, there's like good that comes out of it too. Yeah. So before we move off the, the club, cause I know I want to talk about your foot fetish business. <laughs> oh yeah. <it's laughs> um, what, so you have good relationships with the girls or you keep a little bit of distance? I mean, I generally have, I, I have a very friendly relationship with everybody and like, you know, they know what I do and I'm like, look, I would never want to put anyone in jeopardy for any reason. That's like, I would never name the place. I'm never going to name somebody specific. You know, if I tell a story like, you know, I, but like I am the manager. So I try to keep like a professional distance. Yes. But with that said, some of them have come to see me. I just went to, one of them rented my room. <laughs> Cause like I had a comic drop out on me last minute and like she, so she rented my room for the month and I came back and my room has never been cleaner. She left me Reese's cups, Aww. you know, and was just left me a little note. And I was like, this is adorable. Like, and, and is you, there any, is there, what's that Katie? Well, I was going to say, you obviously have a good relationship with them when they haven't told the boss either that you do stand up. Like they know that you're trying to keep yeah, it separate. Somebody you, did something, oh, but okay. I, I don't know who or what or when, or maybe they didn't. It's hard to say, but I have a generally good relationship because I'm nice to them. I mean, without them, there is no business. And I've seen the way other managers can treat them. And like this man, you know, he doesn't trust them probably because I mean the nature of the whole business, mm-hmm. but like, I'm just like, there's no point. I mean, it's just like comedy. There's no point in being shitty. <laughs> That makes it miserable for everybody, yeah. you know, and demanding and rude and whatever you and, and like entitled. It's just like, be polite, be a person, try to have a nice time. You do know, you, do you find there's a, a broad spectrum of, of women or that there's like some running themes with them in terms of what they're just the type of people that they are. Do you, do you, you know, you like, would you, you obviously you're in a very non judgmental situation, yeah. which is great. But when you look at them, do you think, oh, this is. I mean, I would say it's broader than you think. Like, yeah. um, you know, there's people who come into it because they're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do this now for, you know, a week. It's like exciting for them. Yeah. And then there's the people who are good at it and professional and take it seriously. And, um, you know, like would be walking around and you would have no idea. Of course. They, yeah. And then, they're, yeah. I wonder um, what even made them. It never even occurred to me as something that I would do. Like I wouldn't, like I would have taught a stripping first. I never even realized yeah. that that was a profession. I mean, there's girls paying their way through school. I mean, there's girls who like their family don't know what they do and they're like 21 and they're paying their way through school. And I don't know where the, I guess they think they're studying, but that's like how they're doing it. You know, the seat, their secret life. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, so it, and then there's people who like, I don't know why the fuck they're there. You know, I had a, I, one of the craziest interviews I had was like this girl called me at the interview time saying she was on, you know, the corner. And I was like, and she was like, I'm lost. And I'm like, how the fuck do you get lost in midtown Manhattan? I mean, it's, it's a grid system. It's a grid. <laughs> like, numbers. And she had gone to Brooklyn. So she was like in fucking Chinatown in Brooklyn. And I was like, all right, I mean, you can come here in an hour. I'll like, interview you so an hour later she shows up she is like overweight 
blind visibly in one eye and has like braces and like just an insane. And I'm like, why are you here? Like, I, I don't understand what's happening. Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, this is this path that you've decided suddenly out of nowhere f- to pay for the dental work or, or what, what's, you know? And I interviewed her and I was like, you don't even know what this is. Like, you like know what it, but you don't. It, it was just so bizarre to me. And she was also an idiot because she like went to Brooklyn, which I'm like. So, <laughs> so she just randomly saw the ad in Craigslist? Yeah. And like, we'll pretty much interview anybody, you know? If and you do you should. find like some girls move like from strip clubs to that because they feel like it's like less hassle or less hours? Or I haven't, you know, frankly, like in terms of strip, because like, I'll be like, what's your experience? I've met a couple strippers, right. but. But not, not a feeder, not a general feeder to the Yeah. Beat. Yeah. It's like a different. Burlesque? Look. Uh, Again, same, yeah, not much. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a couple of people who have gotten into burlesque since doing this, but right. this is like, um, you know, I'd say a little more specific. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's I enjoy it, you know. I, 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 have you seen that Netflix TV show? You know, it's, uh, yeah, so I actually, because of course, like, you know, being that I'm a comic, um, I'm like, want to write about it one day. And I ha- I had, there's all these scenarios that have happened there that I'm like, this is hilarious, especially from the perspective of a manager. You know, like, I don't see a lot of what goes on, but I hear about it. Yeah. And hearing about it is almost funnier than seeing it. Yes. Because yeah. the way they're describing and, like, talking about things. Like, you know, there was a guy who wanted a 30-minute session to be shit on. And he canceled twice. And the girl was like, on the third day, she was like, if he does not show up on time, I'm taking a shit. I've been holding this in for three fucking days. He can go fuck himself. And he, he was like, three minutes late. She was like, I'm about to do it. And then he comes in and she's like, get, just get, collect, get the money. I'm ready to go. This is you know, over. So I go in and he's like, so I want to do a meet. I want to have a couple girls come in for a golden while we do the brown. So I come out and I'm like, Sorry, uh, he, he's doing a meet for a, you know, like a double golden. She's like, you got to be fucking kidding me, you know? <laughs> and so I send the women in. They come out. I go in. I'm like, all right, who, you know, who would we pick? Who's your flavor today for the golden? And so he picks these two girls. So then the one girl goes in for the shitting. And then the other two are like, all right, we're about to tip in. Because it's just 30 minutes. So they're going to be in there for 15. So they go in like after five minutes, come out after 15. And I'm like, so, you know how is it in there? And she's like, oh, you know, it's just like a big piss shit party. <laughs> Having a great time. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, cool. All right. <laughs> like, sounds good. Um, That's hope- great. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just funny because it's like the, the casual nature that we're talking about things that are really taboo for people. Very abnormal. Yeah. I mean, and which has sort of been the essence of like my very existence, like yes. the things I've done and been living through. So I, I find that very funny. So when that show came out, I was a little, so what's the show? It's basically a comedian. Uh, no, so there's a stand-up comedian and then his friend uh, is a, like a secret dominatrix yeah. uh, or she works in one of these dungeons yeah. and then he ends up getting roped into it and he does a lot of this. So What's it called? Uh, bonded. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. And my other position that I work, um, I work for a bipolar cokehead in a staffing agency. So we staff personal assistants. So he was the personal assistant to a dominatrix and was a comedian. And I'm like... That's my life, and I guess now I don't get to write about it. <laughs> I watched it, and like I saw things like I, I don't like the word problematic, but I just saw things where I was like, oh, that's not, we don't do like that's not the way this works. Like he's just like in on sessions without consent from the client, like shit like that. Where I'm like, oh, this is nothing like what I would do, not so reality. I'm fine. But the first night when I heard it came out, I was like, 
oh, fuck me. Like, this is, <laughs> you know, but I'm kind of like, it's very stylized. It's not very true. It's always to, that way, though. It's always yeah. not true to the... And, and like, but my version of it is sort of like, I'm a manager. You so. can still write it, sure. Yeah. There's plenty of shows on similar, you know, topics, so you're right. fine. When it's less about the voyeurism of, like, what they're doing and more about, I guess, the managerial, like, the fact I'm, like, doing all this paperwork yeah. and, you know, like... You know, I'm like, they come out from meeting the guy. I'm like, what What do you need? What can I get you? And they're like, all right, I'm going to need CBT rope. I need a pinwheel. I need a dildo harness. Butt plug. Um, no, the pink, you know. And I'm like throwing these things in. But going into that, did you know what all these things were before? Because let's say if I applied for that job and then I went in and then they were like, oh, I need a butt plug. I'd be like, I don't even know what that looks like. So I'd be going through the... I mean, there were things I knew and things you can kind of get. But then there was like things that I needed explained. Like sounding which are like these like long metal rods that like on the end have different thickness and they are inserted into the urethra. Jesus. Oh. So like that I needed explained to me. Ooh. They're called like, sounding? Sounds, yeah. And that's sounds? A, they're, so they're called sounds and the process is like sounding. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So Why? Because any it other makes little noise? gems? People know. screaming? Any <laughs> other gems before G- we move on? My, so I, I probably have told this, but like, and... There's two things. I mean, well, I'll just tell the one. Um, I really like this one because of the psychology of it. There's a man who used to be in the military, and he came in for the first time, and what he wanted, his fantasy was to have Herbie a FedEx dispatcher, and he was a FedEx delivery driver, and all day long she was a bitch to him on, on the radio, just being horrible to him. And then when he got back to the FedEx later that day, she was still being real nasty, and then what she would do is make him eat her shit. And the girl that he picked was like, listen, I'm sorry, I don't do the brown stuff. We got people who do. I didn't realize it was this kind of session. I can't do it. And he was like, I can't either. So um, out of his backpack, he produced uh, a jar of peanut butter and granola bars. And he was like, I'm going to make this. And then you're going to pretend that this is your shit. So she was like... All right, so he's going to, like, iron chef some shit up in the corner before this starts. And then, so she does it. They do it. He eats it. And at, like, at the end of it, she's like, how was it? And he was like, you know what? I don't think the peanut butter was really the right consistency. I'm going to bring something else next time. So next time he brings Nutella. And he does it with Nutella and the granola. And then she was like, all right, how, you know, how is that? He's like, mm, not, we're not there yet, you know. <laughs> next time, snack packs, pudding cups. And does the same thing. We nailed it. I think he liked it. And then he didn't use all the pudding cups, so some of us got a snack afterwards. <laughs> but what I like about the That's whole thing... That's a lot thing, of trust. Like, you, Yeah. You, you didn't think maybe this. he was actually putting a little bit of a... Well, he's eating the shit. She's not. Well, and the pudding cups are sealed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But like, what I like about that is like this man has this fantasy that he cannot even truly fulfill. Because he can't bring himself to eat human shit. But oh, he so wants he doesn't to, actually... No, but he wants to so badly that he's going to try to make it out of food and then we have to go into this whole world where we pretend that pudding and granola in its natural, you know, first state is shit so he can, like, feel something. He needs to put some sweet corn in there, you know? Yeah. Ooh, there we go. I'll throw, that, I'll throw that to him next time. Yeah, just say a little bit of sweet corn. Just make it seem like, oh, yeah, there's some un- undigested... Yeah. Stuff in there. That's uh, great. That was quick thinking, Des. Yeah, when yeah. it comes to shit, man. Des knows his shit. You need anybody to help with their, you know, fake fantasies. Let me know. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll always have a suggestion. It's the shit thing I can't understand. I've never done a golden shower, but I guess I can understand this 
weird sensation of this warm water flowing all over you yeah. might be exciting. But the, the shit thing, I just don't get. I'm peeing in somebody's mouth. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. I find it hard to pee in a cup. Never mind. It was difficult. I was like, I was like, wow, I have stage fright. This is interesting. So you, you peed in somebody's mouth. Did yeah. You, did you sit on their face? It was my, I was dating this guy and you know, you find out a lot about people as the years go on and um, yeah, I was like hovering over his face and then he peed a little in my, it's not for me. I don't really, I was like, yeah, eh. the peeing in the mouth thing. No. I mean, I was like, well, I'll, let's do it. But I was like, I don't really, this, no. is, not, this is not something I need to clock in for ever again. Um, but it's interesting because you learn a lot about the psychology of people. Like, I mean, I, I recently slept with someone who I was like, oh, you like an idea of thinking I'm being like very, like I'm telling you secrets that nobody's ever gotten out of me because I'm like this like wounded like person. And it's, it's funny when you can see what another person's doing and they think you can't see it. Like things in my life, including this, have led me to see that. So it's sort of fun then because I'm like, you're playing a game with me, but you don't realize I see the game, you know? And it's just sort of interesting. Like this world is like very much Oh, that. so that world has opened your eyes to that. Yeah. And I mean, with that said, you know, but it, so it's, it, it was really interesting. Like this guy that I was like, I slept with a few times. I was like, oh, like you're, you're thinking you're smarter than, and like there's a control thing. And now oh. this is kind of fun for me because now I'm going to play the game on your level, which is lower than the level I'm actually on. So, you know, it's, well, it's just really interesting. Analysis. Huh? How do you get wet with all that going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thinking. I know. Well, you never come. I I'll could tell do you that. that. That's for sure. <laughs> I could do what some of you were thinking in my past. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, and with that said, I don't, I've never really had a successful relationship, but I mean, in terms of just like the psychology of like sex and like whatever that means, you know, like, um, and seeing what somebody's like wanting or into, this has really like done that for okay. me. You know? So you're also a foot fetish model. I mean, I moonlight. I, I have an account on uh, Instagram that I made on the suggestion of one of the girls in the dungeon. She was looking at my feet. She was like, you have great feet. You can make some money. So I was like, sure. And like, how do we even do that? So she got me all started. She was like my little manager for a minute, taking photos of my feet. Or I'd take them and send them to her, and then she'd hashtag them. And uh, that foot account, like if I really put more effort into it, I would be raking in money. Um, but I, you know, comedy plus all, you know, it's very, there's a lot going on, but I get, I had 150 people add me within like two weeks, just with like six photos. Do you know what I mean? Like wow. it was rapid. How do you sell the feet images on that? Oh, they ask for it personally, a person. Yeah. One? So they DM you and they'll ask for certain things. You know, um, I have gotten fan art. Like, if you want it, I'll send it to you. Like, there's like a, I love this. I mean, I, if you want, I, I'll redo this opus this man wrote me. Um, but like, they'll make fan art. Well, it's called giantess. That's the fetish. The idea that like, I am a giant woman and they are like a millimeter high. And like, they live in my shoes and I step on them all day long and then crush their bones, and I, like, you know, uh, and they just have to smell my feet. And so they'll make fan art where they'll put a tiny little person in front of one of my foot pics and wow. send it to me. Be like, I made this for you, and I'm like, oh, great. You know? And when that first came to you, did you know what that was, or did, did you have, then find out what giantism was? I found out, like, through just all of that. that it's, like, more than just, like, feet. It's, like, you know, like, some guys are into wrinkles or toes or, like, the ball or the heel um, into crushing things. Um you know, any psychology behind the foot fetish that you're aware of? I mean, it's it, like feet are just sexual for these people, which they're not for me at all. Like I got a like the stuff. way, like the way a lot the of men they, like breasts. Yeah, exactly. 
So it's like I, I got a little stone one night, went into a deep dive, like you know, you know how you do, you just end up and like, and I was really like thinking about, it. I was like, damn, this is like I, I even looked at a foot pick today, and I was like, am I turned on by that? Like, but I don't think I'm really like in, into it like that. But they, I find the foot fetish guys in my personal experience are very needy. They want to feel like a connection to you and like that you really enjoy the idea of crushing them or them painting your toes like with a little paintbrush and like that there's like a friendship there. So why it's so exhausting is like they'll want to write you all this stuff and have you sort of respond but then at a point you're like you need to give me another tribute because this is not free. Like this takes time to be your friend and I'm not your friend, you know. So you have to be kind of nice to them which is not my... I don't have like a lot of time to add like for boyfriends that I'm not. Yeah. Like I'm yeah, not well, getting absolutely. Off, you know? I mean, I, you have to write. And what about the in, what about the first foot fetish interview though? What was that? Well, so that was like to do these foot parties, which basically, you know, I, I'll talk about anything, but like one of the reasons I didn't want to do it was like I didn't want to be in in my lingerie in front of people. I'm pretty modest in the way I like dress and like, you know, like if I decide I want to fuck you, like it'll be great. It'll be like gross and pornographic and very nice and whatever but like if i don't like i don't want to be in my underwear around a bunch of fucking dudes even if they're only there for my feet mm-hmm. it may, you know so i went on this interview and um <laughs> you know it, he basically like took my socks and shoes off i was laying on the couch and he rubbed my feet on his face and sucked on my toes and kissed my feet and it was my birth and i was like laying there thinking like this it's my fucking birthday like why is this one this is not <laughs> what i wanted for my birthday but i guess this is 30 um and then he said you now you need to dominate me and what you need to do is like you're gonna step on my face like so his couch was like against a wall so i started stepping on his face like pushing his head against the wall and he's like just breathing into my feet and i could tell he was like getting off you know and he said I needed to take my toes and grab his nose and just try to like wriggle it around and like I was going to rip it off. So I was I was just doing it and I was like I this dude like is like coming in his you know he's like coming and I'm not going to get paid for this and I'm not going to do it cuz I don't want to be in my underwear. Apparently there's parties that a, a woman runs where you don't have to be in your underwear, which I've considered going with like with one of the girls but it's just like I don't have the time. But you can make like $300, $400 to be there. Uh, like a couple hours. Wow, that's great money. Oh, my feet are so ugly. They so like ugly feet. Ooh. They like all feet. Like there's something for everyone. Wow. You know what I mean? Like but that's your personal opinion about your feet. No, so. they are ugly. Like sometimes they like them when there's like they're blistered. Like like I'll post on my thing. I'm like, oh, I've been walking around all day. My feet are stinky and blistered. And and people are like, oh my god, let me. Wow. Can you write like my the letter the first letter of my name on the bottom of your feet and send it to me? I'm like twenty five dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do $25 a photo, $50, um, no, 75 for a video. If you want socks, that's going to cost you. <laughs> what about writing? Yeah, I mean, that's like, I'll include that in the $25. Oh, that's included? Yeah, I mean, it's like, if it's just like a little letter, like a guy wanted a, a, a T. And like, oh man, this has been funny. Like the comics who are in defeat, because so I wrote a bit about it. I don't do it a lot because I don't love it, but like I've had comics see it. And then they like hit me up and they're like, and I'm like, all right, let's make a deal. Like I'll send you pictures of my feet, but you, you need to pay me. Like, or, or if you run a really good room. Give me some yeah. yeah. Right. Well, none of them do. That's why they're probably oh, yeah. obsessed with feet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so have you had any, uh, 
Any enticing, indecent proposals financially with the foot fetish thing? Not really. I mean, I had... Um, somebody wanted me to crush mice. I'm not going to do that. Jesus. Um, yeah. Oh, they wanted you to send a video of you crushing mice? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I don't do that. animal cruelty. Yeah. I'm not into it. Yeah. Um, that's no. not for me. And you, have you had anybody say, if you come to my house, like, and just step all over my face? I, yeah, I had, I did have a guy who, you know, wanted, he was like, I'll take your new headshots, I'll do this and that, like, because he knew I was a comic. The people on my foot account don't know who I am, but the people who have seen me do comedy and seen the bit then obviously know who I am. You know, and I'm just like, I, I don't have it in me to fake a, that relationship, like especially face to face. Like it's already hard enough for me to do it anonymously on the internet, and I'm not. I just don't. I don't have it in me to be like, yeah. oh, I love this. Like that's what these girls are so good at, and and maybe they even do like it. You know, to some degree. Like I know a girl who like does not fuck her boyfriend, but she pegs dudes for money. But she and she's like, I'll blow my boyfriend if he takes me to the casino. Why won't she fuck her boyfriend? She doesn't want him. Oh. And I'm like, that. so whatever that is about her, that's like where her psychology lies. She likes pegging these dudes for money. And then why she has this boyfriend, I don't fucking know. But like... Well, he must be looking after her, is he? I think he's rich, yeah. I would say likely. But so is she. I mean, she's very popular. (laughs) (laughs) How much do they make again? They make a cut of what the yes. amount is um, because, you know, we need to pay for the place. And yes, yes. I, I figure <clears throat> that's where the money was for the yeah. owner. What, yeah. what would be for the For Mr. Cook? Big. For Mr. Big. So the yeah. rates, what I quoted you was what we just raised it to. So they were, they were making 50 per half hour and then 80 per hour, which is like not a lot. So I think it's been raised to 60 and then 90 or 95. And they but, get tipped on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and if they're good at their job, they will get tipped. I mean, like if that's that's what I mean. Some of them are just like you know weekenders, I guess is what you would call them. They're like, oh, we're just here now. But the ones who are good, like, get me tipped. You know? Yeah. They're like, yeah, you get your tip. Like, you know, I've been tipped fifty. I've been tipped a hundred for doing absolutely fucking nothing. For bringing like a towel. <laughs> really? Yeah. Some guys are just very flush with the cash. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Katie also mentioned to me that you had in your own, I guess in your adolescence, you had a, a wild time too, right? Yeah. I seemed, it seemed to have been a, uh, you know, routine to just sort of be a little carefree. A little wild. Yeah. But I, I like, I call it like an organized chaos because I'm also very responsible. Mm. Like I have, you know, an 810 credit score. My apartment is my apartment that I rent out to someone. I keep an animal and plants alive, you know, like. Yeah. I'm like, I'm hyper responsible. But well, what I'm, was it in your teenage years that made your parents think it'd be a good idea to send you to like some disciplined place? Uh, it might have been when I ran away to Chico, California for 10 days. How old are you? 15. Right. And it was just your, it's, your, your, it's just your mom, right? It was my mom. Where are you, where are you from, by the way? I'm from Reno. Um, but that I, at the time, I'd been living in Sacramento. So that was about, it was like a two, two hour, two and a half hours away. And, you know, they didn't know where I was. So, so you ran from Reno or you ran from Sacramento? I ran from Sacramento to Chico. Yeah. Just, just like, fuck it. Well, I, I have a very... I, my brother my, is my half-brother on my mom's side. He's 20 years older than me. And he, for whatever reason, decided to kind of act as a parental figure, which, like, ultimately is not what he is. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say, like, has anger issues, I guess. We could, like, put it... To put it mildly... 
and and nothing like nothing physically abusive, but just like emotionally we'll, we'll go into a rage that is uncontrollable and again it's never been violent but like that like started when i was like younger because of my acting out toward my mother you know we had very different lives with her because he's 20 years older than me mm-hmm. and i think he if i was going to evaluate i would say he doesn't see it like that you know and he probably also hates my father and as a result does not like me I mean, he's sort of said as much at this point. Now. Yeah. So your father is your mother's second husband. Isn't Third. Third. Okay. Yeah. And then um, and they split up then as well. Yeah. Everybody just that's like that's divorce across the board for everyone. Okay. I'm looking forward to my first one. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I got some catching up to do. Both my mom and my grandma had been divorced twice by the time they were my age, and I'm like waiting for a text back. You know. <laughs> like, so, um, but yeah, like he. He had these issues, and I, you know, and I was being a little asshole, you know. I was, well, you were being a teenager. I was being a teenager, and that's the way I. When sort you of say think. a little asshole, like yeah. what? What's the worst thing? That you were I mean, doing? the morning I ran away, um, I had refused to go to this therapy session, and my mother had called the police, and they kind of came and were like, "You need to listen to your mom." And then my brother, well, your mother called the police for what? Because I, I wouldn't go. To therapy? Go. I wouldn't go. But the, you know, in there, were you, I mean, you court mandated to go to therapy? No, but so I, why were the police involved? I, it was that kind of came became a sort of standard. It's move. Very dramatic. Very yeah. My mom. So even with the close places, my daughter won't go to therapy. Yeah, but I at this point I'd also stopped go. I had like, I had I was very intelligent. I had realized there was a thing called home and hospital school. So I told my public school that I was deeply depressed, and they put me on home and hospital, which means some dipshit shows up at your house once a week, and you do these like half-assed classes. So I was basically free like at 15 and my best friend was like 18 so I was like starting to have a time I was like very excited to be alive and so you know I I was there were things she was contending with there that she didn't know what to do so she called so you didn't so the therapy was like in the house or you're actually supposed to no, go No, I'm some- supposed to go somewhere. I mean, that was like probably the eighth therapist because we I... Gotta, we got to go 551. We got another yeah. teenager. Won't look <laughs> won't. into her emotions. <laughs> Send it out to the house there. She won't forgive her dad. But I was like going to these therapists and like making up stories too. I mean, I was just starting to have a ball. And... Um, and, like, I was probably starting to definitely experiment with, like, weed and alcohol around this time, sure. which also I think is normal. But my mom was very overprotective and had been for a long time. So I think that was sort of what started accumulating this. And then my brother would come and he would try to be, like, dad. Yeah, you need to sort yourself out. Yeah. So he called and was like, I'm coming there this weekend and your life is going to become extremely uncomfortable. And I think one of the reasons I wouldn't go, this is totally stupid and totally fair on my mom's part. I had wanted to go to Disneyland with my 18-year-old friend to Los Angeles at 15. And my mom was like, no. And I was like, fuck you. I'm going to go. So I ran away to Chico after my brother's phone call. Didn't tell him where I was. Never made it to Disneyland. They found me because there was a thing called Live Journal. I don't know if you guys... It was like, uh, this was like when the internet was still the wild, wild west. Like not everybody was on it yet. And um, I had been updating my live journal. I had taken a photo of a dragon in a tattoo parlor and a photo with a hot dog vendor who was apparently a well-known drug dealer in Chico. And so when the police got involved, they were able to start piecing together where I was, Uh. grilled my best friend who was supposed to be punk rock, but ended up, you know, folding like a cheap suit, you know, (laughs) like when they finally were like, we have this evidence. Um, and then they found me and then I got sent away like from there. I was driven to like a wilderness camp and then a Mormon therapeutic boarding school. 
But you, you guys are Mormon? No. And the place doesn't advertise as Mormon, but that's what it was. Oh. So it was yeah. a Mormon therapeutic It was run school. by Mormons. And, you know, there were things. But it's that, advertised as a sort of an adolescent discipline yeah, or, institution. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a way to um, rebuild the relationship with you and your parents and, you know, the brokenness. And didn't you tell me that it came out a while later, though, that that place actually was quite abusive? It's, I mean, the, a lot of laws were broken. It's, but how would, oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, it's just, it's, I, I'm fine, but, like, I'm not, if that makes, like, I have figured out a way to completely, fully function in the world with that and, like, understand it and be fine with all of it. And, like, a lot of people I know from their haven't or have killed themselves you know what went on there it's it's psychological like the idea is um what it's a level system it's supposed to last a year and they will break you down and then rebuild you and um like so like on level one where you start you're not allowed to wear shoes you're not allowed to have tampons these are privileges you earn back you're not allowed to look at talk to or have third-party communication with other level ones so like if you're a level one like you do not exist to me and um yeah, I mean, you're punished. You're, you're punished. It's like a, you're punished for feeling. But what do you do when you have your period? You can use pads. Oh, you can use pads. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, that's a diaper, you know? Like, if, you, if you're coming from a world, you're like, I'm 17 and I, use, and I was 15, but you're like, I use tampons. They're like, you're not allowed to. It's just a very specific thing to yeah. take away from someone. Yeah, I mean, like, there, so a girl had been acting out and, like, leaving pads, it, which was sort of funny, uh, dirty pads around. And I was like, oh, this is, you know. I think this is funny. And it was funny until they were like, all right, you're all going to go to your rooms and what you're going to do is face the wall and you're all going to turn down, your, turn around and pull down your pants and bend over. And anyone who has a pad on, you know, is going to receive this like list of punishments. So whoever, I mean, you know, and that's like really something Jesus. when you're like doing it, you're like, I don't want to do, I, don't, I shouldn't have to do, this isn't helping anyone. And I understand why, but like, it's very like, we're, we're children. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and like, so that's like insane. And like, and I'm sitting there, like, and I'm 15. I'm like, I see how wrong this is, but all I'm going to do is do what I'm told because it's the easiest way out of this. Yeah. Yes. How long did you stay there? I wasn't even there that long. I was there like four and a half months. So How'd you really get out of time? it? I got out of it because my, so I moved up to level two. And what they did, when you're on level two, you're, you're allowed to have a visit there with your family and then have a therapy session. So what they did is they told me my mom was coming in the morning and they told my mom to come in the afternoon. So by the time, like, it's noon, I'm, fear, you know, I'm, I'm like, so, because I, I kept asking them, have you heard from my mom? Like, so this isn't important to my mom, you know, because I've been in this environment that's yeah. fucked up, you know? And I'm like, kind of looking forward to this to sort of be like, because you have to gingerly walk around it because they use all these like therapeutic terms like, you know, um, you don't want to enable her and you don't want to listen to her. She's going to try to manipulate you and tell you stories about the place. So I'm sitting here. So, so they're saying that to your mother, is yeah. it? Yeah. And my mom and I have talked about this at great length and I've read like the literature they give the, the parents versus what they give the kids. I mean, it's all just horseshit. And, um, you know, so I was like f- angry and... So then they told me she was there, but we were going to have a therapy session first. And I went in and I saw her and I sat down and my therapist was like, so is there anything you want to say to your, your mother? You know, I know we've talked about it a lot. And I just like exploded. And then my therapist was like, you, you know, you're acting inappropriately. I need you to give me your shoes, which is like a sign that I'm being dropped. And, um, you know, go join the other girls. I saw my mom for maybe a minute and a half. 
And, you know, then the therapist is trying to sell that to my mom is like, you know, I know you're considering taking her out after six months, but she should really stay for the program. But my mom, fortunately, like left that day thinking something's wrong. I feel like something's wrong. And I don't know, like, how to get her out of it. Because I was then there at least another month and a half. But, um, you know, so that you're was... back down as a level one. I didn't get After, dropped. Oh, you didn't get dropped. I didn't get dropped. Because it was a manufactured anger. Right. And, but I, they made me feel like I was. And what also... So the game I had decided to play there that I felt like was going to be the best strategy to have was saying like, cause my, I knew I was, I had been told I would be pulled after six months, which means leave. Um, but if I was excited about that, the way staff and the girls would treat me would change. And then it would just be miserable. You know, well, it's already miserable. It'd be more miserable because everybody wants to leave, you know? When, mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to play the game that I want to be here. And that I'm sad that I have to leave because I'm understanding this is like a financial thing. They can't afford it. So I was like, I'll just play that, that round. So after that outburst, you know, and then I'm thinking I'm getting dropped. My therapist, we, there was so much therapy there. It was, so it was like group therapy day for everybody to be in a group together. My therapist called me aside after and was like, you know, I, what happened today was very, you know, telling and disturbing. And, you know, I talked with your mom and, we decided you'll finish the duration of the program here. So I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I just, like, the way I feel right now, even saying that, because, like, that feeling, I was like, I just fucked myself, you know, and basically had a breakdown, like, in that moment. Like, I had been pretty cool and calm and collected, and, you know, when somebody like that has a meltdown, everybody wants to see it, and I was just, because I was like, I just, I just played the wrong strategy. I'm fucked, like, you know, um, but fortunately, I ended up, my mom had just said that and ended up pulling me, but... Pulled you on the six months. She pulled me after like four and a half. But again, they, that was a whole manipulation. They told me she was coming Monday morning. She, they told her to come Sunday night. And the things that went on there just about like that fuck with your head, it, it's like it changed the chemistry of how I even like interact in this world. Yeah, like, it's like clockwork orange shit. Yeah, yeah. this is horrific. <clears throat> and I mean for children, you know. Yeah. So it's like... A lot of people like that I could see there who continuously were getting in trouble for very stupid things. I was like, you're too dumb to, to make it through. Like, it was sad, you know? It was like, you're not learning, like, how to do this, right? But I also, like, at one point felt crazy. I thought I was dead. Like, I was talking some real crazy talk at a, at a, at a point. And fortunately, there were two staff members there who they hired people out of a newspaper ad to be people who are administering medication to minors, I mean, it's like, it's like lithium, shit like that. And like, so there were two staff members who worked there that I ended up getting close with and they were like, we realize, like we see that you shouldn't, no one should be there, but like, they were like, you don't need to be there. And, um, were really supportive of me during that time. And like, when I was kind of like, I was like, maybe we've all died. Like, you know, you were raped, you were probably murdered. I probably overdosed on drugs and we're in like limbo right now. And every time our parents come here, it's them thinking, I like talked this whole thing and he was like, you cannot talk like that. Out you loud. Know. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it, it still exists. They've changed their name. Oh, it still it's exists. Still- yeah. And uh, I've been contacted. I, I, I'm, I'm too far out of it, but I was contacted like they're doing like a, people are getting together to do a class action lawsuit. Finally. Oh I mean, why don't you get involved in it? I'm, I'm too far out of it. Like it's been too long since I was there. Like I'm 30. Oh, like the statutory. One. Yeah. So, so like, 15 like years. you know, I, I'm like, look, I wrote a 50 page paper about it in college. Like for, so, a, so how, how is it too long? Because like, 
I get that's what I was to, they asked me when I was there and I told them the years and they were like um oh you know you can't participate but I like I wrote this I wrote a paper um where I interviewed staff other women and where I I had a phone call like I called this place and talked to this woman who like like you know if I see her again you know like sleepers yeah, like I, I can never see this person again. But I had a conversation where she like is lying to me on there. Like I pretended to be a parent, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, you, f- like you, you just a liar. Are yeah. you able to read that? Is that paper public or was it just for college? Or? Um, it was for college. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I was like, I'll send it to this lawyer. You I'll- should make it into a book. I try. I was doing that with another girl, but then she was like, "Look, I'm having nightmares again. I can't do it." But you should do it and stick it up on Amazon or something. Yeah, I mean, it's really. Mostly men or women looking after this. Was it all women? By the it, well, it was all it was all girls. Yeah. And then there were men who worked there. There were men who were part owners. They were related, the owners. Um, like so, there were boys sister. and girls. <clears throat> yeah. So there was like a brother and a sister, and then like the husband of the sister, and then like my therapist. I think was a part owner. I mean, they're they're like. I don't know what it is, but it's like therapy is not punishment. And this is like a punishment based therapy system, which is not therapy. It's just, I don't know what the fuck it is. Sounds like Magnum laundries. Did you ever see the Magnum sisters? No. In Ireland, we had the Magnum laundries, like places where fallen women were sent and it was all quite abusive, but it was all again, this sense of uh, salvation through punishment. Yeah. And and like fear. I mean, it, they, they did, this is like when I think they had a they had this big group therapy and they were like they put us all into different groups like they they were like okay and now we're going to and when you're in therapy you could talk to everybody right the level 1s could talk to each other and people were on silence from each other could talk to each other and they were like figure out we'll give you guys a few minutes figure out why you're in the group together so we're like oh this is fun you know i was like well maybe it's cuz we like really like art and creativity and music cuz we're looking around at everybody and then you know, they were like, all right, so say why you guys think you're in the group. And they, each group stood up, and they were of varying sizes. And then they were like, all right, we're going to tell you why you're in the group. So they started with this big group, and they were like, this is the positive group, and these are the positive peers. And we were like, okay. And then they started going to groups one by one saying what they were, and they were all like negative things. And mine was like something like I, I secretly want to go home and I'm like negative. I, you know, I, I don't even remember. Cause I was like, I was like, okay, this is like going in a weird direction. And they were like, now what you have to do is each one of you are going to get up in front of your positive peers and you have one minute to say why you belong in your, in that group. And if they vote you in unanimously, you can go in. And if they don't, you have to spend a week on silence. And that means not talking to anybody, looking at anybody. So now you just see this thing and you know, these positive peers, they're not positive peers. One of the people in that group is like somebody, I'll murder her if I see her again. And like, I know it's really aggressive, but the shit like she did there is insane. And, you know, no one made it in. So people are like sobbing and then they give you the vest, the silence vest, and you're just like, I'm fucked. And so at the end of it, everybody's freaking out because you're just like, how am I going to not talk to anybody for a week? And then they go, now you have a choice to be on silence or to not. And then you're like, what is the right choice? What am I supposed to choose? Like, I don't want this. This is going to be painful. But if I choose, don't choose it, am I going to, you know, what it, and so it's just like, you, you don't even know what to do. And I'm like, I'm 15. I shouldn't even be thinking about any of this. Mental torture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And under the name of like therapy. I mean, so, you know. Sadistic. That's existing somewhere. Jeez. And it's all just like a money-making thing. I mean, I went to the wilderness first 
and somebody came there and evaluated me who I thought was my friend and I was like honest and she went back and said my mom told me what she said I said and it was like lies and so that's what ended up putting me in the next place so it's just like a money funneling system for these people and these programs and these therapists and they don't really have a high success rate I mean my best friend there is dead and from suicide? Yeah. And she was there because she struggled with eating disorders, with being raped, and the fact that she was adopted and was having issues reconciling with the fact that I guess she knew her birth mother had a whole new family. And so she should have never been punished for any of that. That's like shit. She should have been work, working through in real therapy. And she got out, was in USC, very intelligent, rich family in Los Angeles, killed herself. She's just dead, you know? I mean, because they didn't add, it help her. It just added to like well, what was already. Well, of course it didn't help her. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, there's a lot of people I know like are going on to be like psychologists and whatever from it. And hopefully, you know. And then some people end up working in the sex dungeons. <laughs> right. Then that's, then, or in, in, in as comedians. <laughs> 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 Nothing funny about any. I mean, I'd like to write about it one day, but I'm just like, eh, I don't know what's funny. I mean, it'll be, it, when well, I you don't. Have, it doesn't have to be funny. Yeah, yeah. you could just. Well, honestly, it, it, it can actually be quite dark. I mean, the, 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 well. I mean, not, I'm already not, a little dark. I don't know if Katie's telling you. I'm already, people are like, you're dark. Well, yeah, my, well, no I, my, my Irish friends came to a comedy show we did. It was a really, really tough room, but they came up to me afterwards and they were like, Catherine would murder in Ireland. They just loved yeah, her dark you're all comedy. Fucked up. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Irish and English, so I hate myself. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, uh, that, that's funny because that was an opening joke of uh, oh, really? my show. Uh, oh, really? I have a show with my dad. And I say my dad was born of an Irish mo- mother and English father, so he's born to hate himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, me too. Hashtag me too. <laughs> but you're like, you know, from what I know of you, you're doing great now. You like, you know, you have your shit together. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel very lucky that I guess I was able to take all of this and like, I mean, you know, how I ended up opening my show in Edinburgh because people were, like, very shocked by my material for a while. I was like, look, this is what happened to me when I was 15. And when I got out of there, I decided I was going to live a life feeling open to the world and without fear because you never know what's going to happen to you. And that was horrible. And at a very young age, and you, it was a crash course into learning, like, the way people are going to operate and the sacri- how, how they'll sacrifice anybody. And I'm very happy with the decision I made, you know? Like, sure, I ended up smoking a lot of meth after that and whatever, and that was a weird time, but, like, I'm happy with it all. Every experience has been, I wouldn't change anything, and I don't feel afraid, and I'm not going to an office job and then coming home and watching TV while I eat dinner and then, like, doing missionary with some dipshit that bores me and then doing it all over again. Like, I, I, I have a fun life, you know? Yeah. And, like, I care about my life, so I have a job, I have a savings account, I have good credit, you know, like, it, it, I just learned what I value. You've so. great hair. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I, I'm scared it's going to fall out one day. When, um, what you but, s- you know, you, sorry. I was just going to say, do you still have a relationship with your mother? Yeah, my mom and I are, um, you know, we've talked a lot about this. I would say the relationship with my brother is, like, pretty much non-existent. And, but my mom, like, look, I know she did it out of fear. I know mm-hmm. she didn't do it to hurt me. I knew she did it because she loved me, and she was being lied to. Um so it's like any grudge I hold about it really isn't on her. I did. It, there's sort of a weird story here. I, I had heard about the place I got sent to before I got sent to, 
to it because the girl who I was like mentoring in the wilderness had just come from there. So I begged my mom to send me anywhere else. But then this therapist who was not my therapist the whole time was in wilderness was like, you're trying to manipulate her. And if you do that, you're enabling her. So we just never spoke about it again. And I just ended up getting shipped to this place that I knew I had already heard of, but like hoping that girl had been lying and she wasn't. So that was sort of like, you know, <laughs> that's like walking into the gas chamber. I mean, maybe that's a little fu- extreme. No, but I know, but it's funny <laughs> you should say that because it feels like one of those things where like, I've heard stories of this place and then it turns out to be true. You know? Yeah. 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 And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's torturous. But you know, I mean, you talked about this in Edinburgh. I just, I just started my show being like, look, like, I don't know what you think is going to happen here today because like my poster is me in a tub of noodles and it's called you girl you nasty and it says an hour of funny filth and people had been like silent so i was like i'm tired of bombing like if you have an issue with this there's some asshole who's depressed talking about golf on cowgate go to that but or you can like watch a happy lady talk about how she used to smoke meth it's really up to you like i'm good you don't have to feel afraid and if you feel afraid that's on you you know so i was like opening my show just being like this is why i've done these things yeah, but I mean, you know, it's not that difficult. I mean, it's very interesting. You could structure a show more clearly about that. Right. The well, Edinburgh media love that. Yeah, I mean, I basically was just doing my hour of stand-up, which I've written nothing about stand-up or drum. I haven't written, like, anything about this. I've tried a couple things about the wilderness one because it's sort of funny because you're like digging holes to shit in. in the and wilderness. you got Dr. Phil. You know, you can like... Dr. Phil endorsed the place I got sent to. Oh, it's funny because I criminal. wanted to ask you about Dr. Phil. Yeah. So he endorsed that place? Yeah, he did it like on air. A girl like got sent there or almost sent there on air. Like not long after I got out. We're going to send you, 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 you. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, uh, that's so all So he endorsed bullshit. that place. Yeah. It's all just a, it's a, it's a money, ma- it's all very corrupt. They don't really want to help anyone. They want your fucking money. I mean, they Including don't Including Dr. Sh- Phil. Yeah. They don't give a shit about it. Dr. F- is the worst of them all. He's on TV. I used to watch him as a little kid. I, I sometimes watch him now and I'm like, wow. What I mean, it is fascinating television. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just so interesting the way, it, you know, it's in the way he always has some often has a solution for the young people, which is like we're sending them right. to this place. Yeah, this will help. And it's like, look, I'm not going to say there aren't places that probably do help. I just didn't go to those ones, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. Yeah, what those and how are does like. Doctor? So obviously, Doctor Phil must be getting money from these places. Yeah, I mean, there's there, there there's these groups like so. This one's called like Aspen, I believe, and it's like an umbrella, and they these places belong under there, and then. Like these scouts or whatever who go like, you know, they're paid a certain amount to be like, well, we recommend this one or this one, you know, I mean, and then the amount of money that it costs, like it costs somewhere between three and four grand for my uniform there. Like I was wearing used clothes, sweatpants and like Hanes t-shirts that were colored because that's how they they color coded us, you know, like then Dickies. You don't name it. Have you named it? Named uh, at the time I was there, it was called Copper Canyon Academy, um, and the wilderness place is called Second Nature. I think they're calling it Sedona Sky now. I looked it up recently because sometimes you know, late at night when you can't sleep, you like to rehash trauma. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, and I just like to see you know what these fuckers are up to. Katie, but, how you doing for your show situation? I have to leave in a minute. Okay, well. What, I just, t- wait, what time is it? Is that what, at seven? Seven ten? Oh, I'll just take my. No, is it really? Be, it's eight. Them? 
Oh, it's eight. Okay. Are you, are you under pressure? Um, only a little bit. Oh, okay. I just want to ask you one more thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, did you end up having a period of time you smoked a lot of meth and actually you ended up kind of like a little fucked up from drugs? Um, I, no, I think, again, I, what I went through, like, yes, I smoked meth. Yes, it was kind of fucked up. But I think having gone through what I went through, it's like I could look at the situation like um, as greater than just like that moment. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be a meth addict because I care about my life and I want to have a life. And I just got into college, so I probably shouldn't go to college with a meth addiction. So I'm going to quit crystal meth and quit hanging out with these people that are my friends to get clean and like move to New York City so I can go to school. Oh, so you went to school here. That's how you came here? Yeah. And you had no problem kicking meth? I mean, it was, I, you know, some things kind of happened that weren't pleasant, but... Physic- you mean like... Physically and just like, you know, I had a... I told this on a Louis Gomez's podcast, but this like thing happened with this guy I did not know from the internet and he called through my mom's doggy door and I was like, I can either get raped or just have sex with this guy consensually. And it was like to day two of my meth thing. Like I was like reaching out for support and I'd like known this guy on the internet for years but never met him. And he like lived in San Francisco and this was in Sacramento. So like in the middle of like going through like a very bad night of like day two of like I'm not on meth anymore and I'm sweat but I can't talk to my friends because they're on meth and I can't talk to my mom because she can't even though she knows something's wrong and I can't talk to the people I've been lying to saying I'm not on meth. So I was like, yeah, I really I could appreciate a friend tomorrow. But like I finally went to sleep and I woke up to the doorbell and I was like, oh, this is a bad idea. Like that was like a desperate thing. And I was like, I just want to answer the door. And he like came and he crawled through my doggy door and was like in the house. Oh, God. And like then he had like brought condoms and I was like, he's either going to rape me or I can like have sex with him. So Jesus. I was like, I'll just have sex with this guy. You, so, de- you definitely have that kind of brain where you're like, uh, what's the worst? Yeah. I'm but like, it's still not the best I would option. Like, I was like, I would like to not be raped today. So I'll just have consensual sex with this stranger. Jesus. Get you whatever gets you through the night. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you were like when you were in that camp as well. You were like, okay, what's the the yeah. pretend along the easiest way out? Yeah, I mean, just what's the best? And that's sort of like, isn't that life? I mean, what's the? It's like the in between between in between between fight and flight. You're like yeah. walking the line in between. Yeah, I mean, and it's like anything. It's just like what is the best way to get through it? You know, yeah. and you know, I mean, generally speaking with life, it's just like don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. You'll figure it out over time. Yeah. For, t- for today, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> for today, you're great. Yeah. I mean, I feel I feel pretty okay. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're 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 one of our more interesting guests. I can no, you were brilliant. Right thank, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. No, this was fun. Is there anything you? I guess wrap it up. Plug your shit. Plug, plug your um, shit. I love I love Instagram. I'm like a child. Um, Me so too. My Insta, isn't it? It's, it's so I love ridiculous. It. Um, <laughs> so you can follow me on Instagram at you. That is spelled E W. Girl, you nasty. And I you put all girl, my, you nasty. You girl, you nasty. Yeah. And I put my shows on there. And, yeah. And you've great clip online from uh, Edinburgh Fringe on it right now. Yeah, Get on and watch Why'd that. you give up booze? Um, you know, I, I stopped having fun and I was like getting paid and drink. T- I was like, this is not, I'm just drunk for no reason. I'll stop for 30 days. And after three weeks, I was like, I just don't feel like doing it anymore. So like, if I feel like it, I will, but like, I just don't, I'm just like, yeah. I just don't even it's great want money it. savings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So true. Great health savings. Yeah. It's weird. It's just like, I'm just kind of over it. And I, yeah. So no meth, no booze. I mean, I'm not saying no to meth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go on. Katie's stressed. I can tell. No, 
You can go. Can I go? Are you you got to go. You have a show. Are we no? done? Are we good? You guys going to continue on talking? good. No, but I mean like okay, you, you I can, can go? get ready. I could t- Okay, I can, thanks. Yeah. I love I, you I can't all. handle the stress. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. Did I, did I, I come across What's your sign? No. Okay. I'm a Scorpio. Oh, fine. But I don't, I'm not a big sign guy. It's fine. No, most men aren't. I just like thinking about it. I know she's a Libra. Katie's a Libra. Yeah. And she's leaving us. Okay. Well, we, we can go. By the way, I'm not. Okay, I, I'm yeah. not keeping you here. Well, you're, you're just, holding the thing, and do we I, well because I'm I'm j- I'm going to finish, but I'm stre- I'm stressing over Katie. Yeah, thank you. No, this is so fun. That's really, a goodbye. Really good from, go, Katie. Yes. Go, Katie. I'll text you later about that, so I can find it when I can. Okay. Go. Go. Bye, Katie. That's Katie. That's Katie's gone. There All right. Once goes. Katie's gone, <laughs> pee on me. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'm like, Katie's how much gypsy? Shit on me right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, you have a nice place. I feel like I could really get some money out of you. <laughs> yeah, really. It's 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 only okay to be honest. But hey, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And uh, until the next time. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, don't forget at Katie Boyle Comic. Katie uh, is on Instagram. Check out info about her shows. And. Uh, I got distracted there by, uh, there's a baseball game on my television. I got distracted by a bad play that just happened. Uh, anyway, I'm at Des Bishop. We got our competition running. Uh, I said leave, uh, leave comments on Insta, uh, leave comments on uh, the Apple Podcasts. But we had uh, a lot of questions about people who don't listen on iTunes, which is fair enough. Leave a comment wherever. And listen, if you can't leave a comment, tweet. Or do an Instagram story. Just take a screenshot of it and send it to me on Instagram. DM me on Instagram with a screenshot of how you promoted the podcast. And I'll throw you into the hat for a competition to win tickets to my Sunday night show in Vicar Street. Which Katie will be at. So that should be fun. Um, I'm on tour all over Ireland starting on the 10th of October. I'm in Ballymaloo House, East Cork. Two nights, actually. They're just about to release the, the second show. And uh, then I'm in Newry, County Tyron. I'm in Vicker Street, Thurless, County Tipperary, Clonmel, Tullamore, Mullingar, Blanchardstown, Dunleary, uh, Clane, County Kildare, Maynooth, County Kildare, uh, and... Um, one or two other spots that I'm forgetting. All of our, all the dates are on desbishop.net. So do check that out. Uh, I don't think we'll be doing any live podcasts, but I'll let you know. I had looked into maybe trying to do something at the Cork Podcast Festival, but it just doesn't work out because of that Nuri show, you know? So uh, anyway, another bad thing just happened on my TV, which is just very annoying. Uh, so yes, thank you. Spread the word about the podcast. If you want to be in the competition, send me a screenshot. So grateful for all your support. Chat to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 